to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome back to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I'm Pastor Vince Haney from Raymond Word of Faith, the Word Church. We'd like to welcome you guys back again uh, this week. We've been speaking and teaching on uh, the kingdom of God, something Jesus came preaching. And uh, he talked about giving those keys to the kingdom. And keys I'm, to the kingdom. Keys to the kingdom. And I'm going to reference this one scripture just to keep keep us back on track uh, Matthew 16, we'll start at verse 18. And this is Jesus speaking. And he said, and I also say to you, he was speaking to Peter, that you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church. And a lot of people think that he meant a physical rock. That rock meant the rock of revelation upon this understanding about, you know, the gates of hell won't prevail. But he said, because he had asked Peter previously, who do men say I am? And Peter say, blah, blah, blah. And then he says, but who do you say I am? He said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said, well, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven has revealed to you. Now he was saying, Joe Blow didn't tell you this. This came right directly from the source. And now he was saying that source represents revelation knowledge or spiritual understanding. And he said, upon this same spiritual understanding, which he referred to as a rock, he said, I'm going to build the church, the body of Christ, not the building, the the saints. I'm going to build. You guys are going to be built up to that. And then look what he said. And I shall, and I will give you, the, the church, the body of Christ, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. And a lot of people never really realize what, he was talking about, and what, what were those keys? Well, we understand what keys are. All of us have keys in our pockets, and we usually have a key ring, and we have multiple keys on them. We spoke yesterday about some of those keys. Well, I believe, again, those keys are the commands of God, God's way of, of doing things. It unlocks the blessing. Those keys unlock the blessings of God, but the overall keys is God's commands. And, again, I know a lot of us grew up in churches where we believe this, I always tell people, the devil can come into the church. Jesus said it like this. He said, be aware of wolves in sheep's clothing. They'd come in and, and, and do something to the flock. But I believe that happened because we believe that we had to keep the commands of God in order to keep our salvation. That's what we believe. Oh, you had to, right. you, you mess up. And no, the, the, the keeping the commands was to stay in the blessing. <laughs> well, see, here's the, here's the thing is that a lot of people think they have to do good works to get saved. You know, people say I did more good than bad. I tried to do good my whole life. So people think they have to do good works to be saved. 
Unfortunately, a lot of Christians, realizing that they could only be saved by grace, once they are saved by grace, start to think like you just said, now I have to do something to keep God's grace. I have to do well, something to keep be, God's love. That's where love. they began. So they figure, oh, I got to continue in, in this. Somehow Jesus, I have to do something. But Jesus said this. He said, if you continue in my word, uh-oh, my word, that's my commands. That's my principles. I heard, I heard somebody say the other day, see, the law can tell you do not commit adultery, but grace gives you the ability not to. The law can say do not lie, but it's grace that gives you the power well, not to. And remember just, I remember the story. I was thinking about this on the way here. Jesus uh, encountered uh, the lady at the town square, and she was getting ready to be stoned because she broke the law. And the law said if anybody get caught in adultery, there to be stoned. You always wonder, where was the guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if yeah, they yeah, caught yeah, him, yeah. there was a guy involved. Yeah, well, <laughs> I guess they, they extended grace to him. But anyway, but Jesus uh, came up, and, uh, and, and and he exemplified or just, I mean, demonstrated grace because he started writing in the dirt, and we don't know what he wrote. But uh, and they started telling Jesus, well, the law says this, that, and the other. And so he started writing in the dirt, and he, as he was writing the men start, it said the men, they start to put away their stalls. And he asked her, woman, where are your accusers? And she said, well, they're all gone. He said, well, I don't accuse you any either. But he says, but go your way and sin no more. That's what I wanted to get to. I mean, don't stay in that. Grace forgives, and it moves on. And again, that's another key to the kingdom, extending forgiveness. Well, see, and, and, and here's what we have again is that extended grace to her, and that's what was going to allow her not to sin again. Right. It wasn't just the command, don't sin. Grace actually gives us the power uh-huh. not to commit that sin. Right. And, it doesn't just the, tell us don't do and, it. And it the gives scripture us power. says this, the goodness of the Lord leads one to repentance. You think that righteous act of the Lord Jesus Christ led her to repentance, to think another way, to turn around? Well, he left her, too, would go and sin no more. Basically, go and remember what happened here today. Right. Don't ever forget that. And go. And I'm pretty sure she went out and she probably told her children, her grandchildren, great grandchildren about that day. Well, it was written. Everybody know about it. We even know about it now. We weren't even there. So that's what grace can do. So uh, we got to remember the commands of God are, are not grievous. They're to keep us in God's blessing zone. And I say that as earthly parents. I love my kids. My kids have made a lot of mistakes. But before they came into the world, into our household, my wife and I already had rules and regulations. They couldn't be born into the family and establish new ones. We set, and that's biblically, the parents set the rules in the house. And God is the Father God. He already set the rules of the kingdom. And we have to just abide by the rules or the principles and we can enjoy all the benefits out of that kingdom. That's what the commands are for. They're we, not to be grievous to it to keep us from, not from having fun. Well, see, I tell people all the time, the reason why God hates sin, the Bible talks about God hates sin. God would have it that we would never sin. The Holy Spirit will never lead us into sin. The reason why God hates sin so much is that any sin that you can name hurts people. We are the crown jewel of God's creation. We are the top rung of his creation. He loves us, and he does not want to see us hurt. Sin always hurts people. You talk about having your own kids. I had kids. 
I never wanted to see my kids hurt in any way, physically, mentally, however. I didn't. I never wanted to see them hurt. God hates sin because sin mm-hmm. hurts people, and he never wants to see his people, his creation, hurt. And so he gives us grace that we might not sin so that we don't hurt ourselves and other people. Right, right, right. And he, he teaches us that any responsible parent will teach their children that. Well, again, I said it yesterday, God doesn't have any grandchildren. He only has children. We're all children of God. And the scripture says, since we're children of God, we ought to be imitators of God as dear children. That says that in Ephesians. Well, we he, that's another command. That's another key or principle in the kingdom, he says, oh, okay, imitate the king. Well, we know who our Lord and Savior is, Jesus. We should imitate him. He came not only as a substitute for sin, but to show us how we were originally supposed to operate. That's why it says, if you be in Christ, in Christ. So that's Jesus is our role model. So all we have to do is always remember, and I like this. I know some people thought it was kind of corny, the WWJD. What would Jesus do? You know, it's kind of weird that that just went away. You know, it was, it was well, always like We're bringing like a, it back, Richard. We're bringing it back. But I mean, it was always like a fad. You know, oh, man, that was the latest thing. Put on your bracelet. What would Jesus do? And now all of a sudden, everybody's kind of forgot about that. But what would Jesus do is still legitimate. It's still legitimate. What would he do? And if you have the mind of Christ, and I have to do that even as a Christian now as I'm going throughout my day. Because different things, there's variables throughout your day. You don't know what your next hour is going to look like. You kind of believe you got an ideal, but you don't know what's going to happen by 6 p.m. So with that, you have to always make adjustments. And those adjustments should be based on this book of the law. I mean, when I say that, I refer to the Bible. Or what would Jesus do? The Word of God. Because he tells us, you know, how to respond to people. He even tells us about, be careful how you uh, treat strangers. Well, see, you know what's, what's amazing about the Bible is that God doesn't leave a whole lot of stuff to chance. He talks about how a husband's supposed to treat his wife. He talks about how a wife is supposed to treat mm-hmm. her husband. He talks about how a father and a mother are supposed to treat their children. He talks about how children are supposed to treat. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. talks about how employers are supposed to treat their employees, how employees are supposed to treat their employers. All these human relationships that we have, God has spoken to because they are so important. And he doesn't leave it to chance what we are to do. Well, I tell people all the time, God's concerned about every aspect of our lives. We we kind of think you don't. I, but, but I, I kind of got into that argument a few months ago with somebody else on the radio on another show. Because he said, no, God really only cares about you, basically, when you're at church. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> you know? get out of here with that. No. And, and, I, and my, my argument was, God cares about you when you're at work. He cares about you when you're at play. He cares right. about you wherever you are. You can't go anywhere well, that he doesn't care about you. Well, that's you. why he says when you come into a land and possess it, blah, blah, do this, do that. When you encounter strangers, well, why did he say, be careful how you treat strangers? Some unknowingly has uh, entertained angels. Entertained angels, yeah. Well, why would he say that then? Okay, I run into strangers all day, every day. And I have to remember what he said. And that's what Jesus said about the Holy Spirit. He said he'll bring all things to your remembrance. Well, see, this guy said that God cares about our spiritual life, but he really doesn't care about the rest. That's kind of up to us. <laughs> and as I read scripture, that needs, is not anything. Well, this that guy I, needs to be in a good Bible-based teaching church because yes, it's the spirit that gives life. A flesh profits nothing, but God wants you to be spiritually mature, educated spiritually. See, God wants you to 
act as a believer when you're at work. He right. wants to act as a believer well, well, if you're out playing a you, game. Because you got to remember, we're still called to advance the kingdom of God. And you can't do that. You, everybody in the church building pretty much should be on the same page or heading on the same page. So there's enough light in the building. He says, let your light so shine out there. So that's at your job, wherever you are throughout the day. He wants you as you're built up in the faith to let that light shine. Go and make disciples. We talked about it last night in our midweek Bible study, how we're all called ministers of reconciliation. We're all called, all children of God, we're called ambassadors for Christ. We're representatives. An ambassador represents another kingdom. We're all called that. And we like to believe that's just the pastor's job. No, the pastor's job is to build you up for the, and equip you for the work of ministry. That's part of the work of ministry is you go help God, the scripture says we're co-laborers with Jesus to reap in the harvest. Jesus said the harvest is plentiful. The workers are fruit. So we part of our building up is to be able to communicate the gospel with simplicity, not with really religiology, but simplicity that people will see something in us and be like, wow, why do you have peace in the midst of the storm? And that gives you that opportunity to open that door to tell them about your God. Well, see, God calls us. And it's amazing because we must have been talking along similar lines because in our church we were talking basically about the same thing, that God has a call for everybody, every single person. And so sometimes people think, well, what's my call? I can't sing, so I can't do that. I can't play an instrument, so I can't do that. They've already got somebody mowing the lawn and cleaning the church and all those things. And I was saying the call that God puts on us isn't stuff to do in, in the, the church build, building. building. <laughs> right. The call God puts on us is what to do out of yeah, the church right. building. So. And some of those things, God calls some people to be encouragers. Right. You know, well, he tells us and so many can, Corinthians all the gifts. And I said, you don't just encourage other Christians at our church for half an hour before church and another half an hour after, yeah. and now I'm done with my encouragement <laughs> ministry. <laughs> no. You encourage them and other people. You can encourage the people you meet. You know, and I think encouragement is one of the greatest gifts that God gives people. Praise the Lord. Because we all need encouragement sometimes. Yes, we do. I, I believe that's I, one of my giftings, too, because I love to be an encouragement you know, to others. And. And every one of us has been at a place in their life where they're a little down and somebody just came alongside and said, man, I really like what you did. Ooh, or they you love know it. what? They just, love it. And, and I love it. And, and you God remember. Gets the glory. And when you, when somebody says that, you can remember for six months or a year, or 10 years maybe, mm-hmm. because it just happens infrequently a lot for most people. Mm-hmm. And just this word of encouragement that you can give somebody will just lift the load. And so encouraging is a gift and helping is a gift. And there's all kinds of gifts that don't take place for an hour a week inside the church building. And some people say, man, our our church goes on for two hours. doesn't go on for two hours a week. You know, there's 168 hours in a week. Well, two hours a week, I'm exercising my gift. you got to realize most of that service, and I think about it with our service, i got 30, 40 minutes of speak time. The rest of it is announcements, receiving, offering, singing, and and all this other stuff. So you got 30 good minutes of word, of, of feeding off the word. Now you still got the rest of the week. So don't think you're going to get all of it in that 30 minutes either. You got to go home, meditate on that word you got, and study to show your own self-approved. And then the most important part, you got to go demonstrate what you've been learning. And then again, we know as a student, every student, before he – progresses to the next level, there's a test. 
And we know Jesus said, in this world, you will have trials and tribulations. You're going to have some tests to test your faith about what you've been learning. And the Bible says we're going to find out what you've been made of. That's why it's important to be grounded and rooted in the truth, in the kingdom. Because when you get tied to this world system, we know the people that got tied to this world system, they're complaining right now. But the people that got tied to the kingdom system, they're like, okay, well, I'm in this world, but not of this world. I'm a citizen of heaven. So regardless of what they're doing in Washington, oh, okay, I'm good. Uh, My eternity is not going to be spent here. Right. See, (laughs) see, my eternity isn't dependent upon what happens with Obamacare. No, it's not. My eternity is not dependent upon who wins the House or the Senate in the 2014 upcoming elections. My eternity isn't, isn't dependent on any of those things. We don't know. We, we, we believe us who are mature. We believe the Lord says with long life, I'll satisfy you. Okay. I I declare and believe and stand in agreement with that to the end of time. But I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know. Everybody's been appointed a time to die. Tomorrow might be my day. I don't know. <laughs> so with that said, me that's why Jesus said, don't worry about all of this. Yeah, don't worry about tomorrow. So if I was to worry about tomorrow, tomorrow's my day up. You don't, even need, gets you don't even need to worry about today because he is sufficient for anything that could happen Hallelujah. to us. I was thinking about that on my way here because something happened, you know, financially. And and, uh, and God, Holy Spirit just reminded me, don't worry about it. I make all grace abound towards you that you have all sufficiency in all things. You have enough for it. I don't know. Okay, I, I believe that. Yeah, that's a fact that that happened, but the truth is what your word says. I'm going to stand on the truth, and that's what we have to be as believers. That's what's going to keep our faith on fire, that we stand on the truth of God's words. Yes, the facts say this. Right, your but, sight says yeah, this. Yeah, that's the fact. Your intelligence but the says truth this. Said, the truth is, Jesus said, the words that I speak to you, they are truth. The word of God is the truth. That's why he tells us to, to stand on those and count on those, those commands. He said, that's what's true. That's what's really going to keep you victorious. That's going to keep you in the winning circle. Remember, Paul, after all Paul went through, he said, I fought the good fight. I kept the faith. Now, for me, there's a crown that's laid up. Yeah, and speaking of Paul, <laughs> yeah, speaking of Paul, <laughs> you know, we started the book of Romans last night, and and in Romans chapter one, verse one, Paul talks about being a servant of God and his Lord. call to be an apostle, and mm-hmm. you know, we talked about that that one verse pretty much all night long. Um, the fact that he's a servant of God, he saw himself first of all as a servant of God. As Americans, we don't like to think of ourselves as a servant of anybody because we're taught from when we're first born, we have rights. We have the right to free speech. We have the right to freedom of religion. Well, we have all kinds of rights. We've been programmed with democracy. We're in a democratic society, and in the kingdom, it's not. There's only one king, and right. he's the king forever. Right. And so, you can't vote him out either. So, so we like to think <laughs> right. that nobody can tell us what to do. And, you know, and I use the example, I can remember being a teenager, and I'm sure the teenagers aren't probably too much different today than when I was one. Boy, when I turn 18, nobody's going to tell me what to do. Nobody's going to tell me when to go to bed. Nobody's going to tell me what to eat. I want to eat ice cream every night for dinner. I'll do it. You know, kind of dumb things that teens say, you know, where you think that you're going to be the boss. And unfortunately, a lot of Americans think Nobody can tell me what to do. Freedom means that I can kind of be my own boss and do whatever I want to do. And I guess probably in our democracy that's true, but that carries over into people's spiritual life too. So when they hear that they're a servant of God, when Paul says, I'm a servant of God, 
A lot of Americans don't like to think of themselves as even a servant of God because the servant does what the master tells well, them. Well, uh, unless that person has been transformed by right. the renewing of their now, minds. Yeah. Right. As we are transformed by the renewing of our mind and we come to realize, yes, I am a servant of yeah. God, and that's a good thing, yeah. not that's a bad a thing. thing. Yeah. <laughs> because what we do is we see servant in a negative context. Right. You know, if I said, you're we my servant, Vince. Vince doesn't want to be my servant, and he doesn't <laughs> want to be anybody else's either. Well, if you think of like Jesus, because he said he didn't come to, to be served, but to serve. Right. And so... We need to realize who we are, that we're called to be a servant. Now, he goes on from there. Now, part of being a servant means I'm going to do what God calls me to. And what had God called him to? God had called him to be an apostle. And I love what he says in in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And he says to them, beginning at verse 9, he says, For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. And so he says, I didn't deserve any of what God has done for me. I didn't deserve to be an apostle. But yet I am what I am because of the grace of God. God called me to be one, and I am one because of him. And his call on me, he says, was not wasted because I worked harder than all of them. But actually, it really wasn't me. It was God himself. It was the grace of God. You apply that to us. We are the servants of God. We need to remember we're the servants of God. That means that we are about his business. Now, what has he called us to do? Do not waste the call. Do not get to the end of your life and wonder, was God's call wasted on me? Would he have been better off to have called somebody you know else that, to this job? That's one of my biggest, one of the things I'm always thinking about. I don't want to have gone to the end of my life and not fulfilled the plan and purpose and the call that God's placed on my life. Right, to wonder, and would I, and he I, have been better off to have called somebody else to this? No, I talk to God about that all the time. And, and I tell him, I just use this, this a scripture Thank you, Lord, for perfecting that which concerns me. Thank you that you who began a good work in me will complete it. Yeah, you have to acknowledge God in that. And he'll He'll keep leading you. But And he may lead you on a in a direction that may not be familiar to you. But you can't worry about that. Just like Abraham say, okay, God, I, I, remember Proverbs 3, 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. With all your heart. And all you lean out to your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your path. He desires to lead. I wish I could still direct my kids. <laughs> but they won't listen now because, you know, they went through that teenage. They know everything. And I'm still saying, looking at them now in their 20s and 19, my daughter makes 19 today. I'm saying, wow, if they can just would just draw from this wisdom that I have. I think they'd be much better off. Well, see, I, I'm convinced that a lot of times God looks at us the same way. Oh, yeah, I know he and does. He says, you know I what, if you just listen to me, we, you wouldn't have be having this trouble right, if you just right, listen to right. me in the well, first place. Well, he's like that, and all we have to do, that's what part of prayer is. Prayer is not just us talking, it's pausing and listening, too. Well, a lot of times people to think the word. that the purpose of prayer, and, and I, I get probably people, some people disagree with me, I... I don't believe that prayer is about changing God's mind to our will. It's about changing oh, yeah. our mind to God's <laughs> right, will. Right, right, right. A lot of times people think that I'll just talk to God a lot and I'll convince him to my way. And really what prayer is in my mind is it's God speaking to us. But, you know, we're talking about grace. And 
it's by God's grace that we're on the radio. Mm-hmm. It's by God's grace that we're here sharing God's word. Now, we study to show ourselves approved. We talk before the show starts about what some of the issues are that we want to talk about. So we do s- some work in that sense. But it is the grace of God that will touch people's hearts. It is the grace of God that will touch people's ears. It's the grace of God that touches our tongue, that his word goes out and actually accomplishes what it is set to accomplish. Mm-hmm. And so this is what Paul's saying. It was... It's the grace of God I am what I am. And even though I worked harder than everybody, it was even that was by the grace of God. Mm-hmm. So each of us, anybody listening, anybody out there, you have a call that God has given to you. And it is by the grace of God that you are what you are. And he will give you what you need to fulfill that call. Amen. Amen. And again, we've been talking about the keys to the kingdom Jesus says he's going to give us. And those keys unlock doors, and those doors are to always keep us in the winning circle, I like to say, or give us the victory. And that first key we referred to was faith, because we understand what the Scripture said, without faith it's impossible to please God. Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. And I want to add another key before we leave today, and perhaps we'll pick this up for next week. The second key is love. Oh, that's the big one, I believe, because the Scripture says over in 1 John, God is love. And just speaking of the Apostle Paul, he wrote in 1 Corinthians 13 what love is and what love wasn't. And it says over in Romans that the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by his Holy Spirit. So we can do a lot of stuff because the love is in us. And you have to always, you have to learn to use that love key and use it a lot. <laughs> you got to use that love just, just as much as you, because the Bible says, Faith won't work without love. A lot of people don't understand that. They think, oh, I got faith, I got faith, but yet you're hating people. I've I seen a lot during this last political era, a lot of Christians claiming they have faith in God, but yet, and the Scripture talks about that in First John, how can you say you <laughs> right. have faith and you hate your brother or sister or hate anybody else? Well, how else? can you say that you love God, but right. you hate well, man who right. was created in his image? Right, that's what I was referring to. So that's that second key that's a big one, too, love. You have to learn how to master that key. Because the scripture says love never fails and love covers a multitude of sins. So as we're maturing in our faith, we have to learn how to use it. First, we got to learn what the keys are and then learn how to use them. So we're going to get ready to conclude right now. Next week, we're going to talk about some love because God is love. So uh, this is Vincenny and Richard for Faith on Fire. And we just want to remind you before we leave, keep walking by faith. <laughs> If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.